Hello, I'm Robert Pallas, and you're listening to Cut Talks. Double G U double T. So I guess in your day-to-day job, and I'm making an assumption here, and I'm someone who does not like assumptions, and I say assumptions are the worst thing, but there we go, I'm making an assumption here. I'm You must be facing lots of uh, misconceptions around uh, AI or around blockchain technologies when someone comes to you. And for you, like if you imagine your heart is someone like squeezing it, like don't tell me this, how many times I'm going to repeat this in my head, right? What are some of the common misconceptions uh, you come across? Okay, that's a that's a great one. And actually, I would say that blockchain and AI are, in that regard, uh, quite different. Meaning that with AI, people have uh, come to expect uh, more than it is uh, capable, that uh, it will solve all of their problems and they can deploy it everywhere uh, for every case. And uh, even that they should deploy it everywhere with every case. It's kind of like a fear of missing out. My competitors are building with AI, so I have to as well. Maybe they don't even have a case that is great for AI. Maybe they don't have even the data to to make the predictions. Maybe the language model is not great uh, help to solve any of their use cases or business problems. So they might uh, <coughs> overestimate what they can do with, uh, with AI. Uh, so. On the other hand, like blockchain, which um, on the core brings you uh, decentralization and ownership of uh, data. So you can uh, you can start owning digital uh, pieces of uh, information, but at the same time, they are programmable. So you can build a lot of very complex uh, things on top of blockchain. And the people who come to uh, like, who come with an idea to build something, they don't always see all of the opportunity that uh, is out there. Of course, uh, we have to keep in mind the complexity. So we have to manage the end user's ability to interact with uh, anything that we are building. And uh, I guess you, you have lots of also things that come your way or get thrown because it's it's about building products, right? I think there's something uh, or, or there's lack of uh, knowledge that each time you make a tweak or you want to change some things, it impacts a lot of things that are in the back end, even more than the front end sometimes. And this is something you face frequently? The more complex the project is, obviously, there are more moving parts there are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the best uh, software is built uh, modularly. So uh, you try to keep the moving parts uh, separate as possible. So updating uh, like uh, user management, for example, wouldn't interfere with if we talk about uh, maybe we have some predictions, so the prediction model would, wouldn't be affected. And just to split it out as early as possible in the most uh, meaningful way and keep in mind all the time when you keep developing that the nature of software changes. So you might also need to change the architecture that you're running it on top of. Last thing here I want to ask, how do you see, I'm asking you to predict here, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> How do you see your work evolving over the next few years? I know it's a tough one. You don't have answers, but how, based on what you know now and the trends that you're seeing coming, you know, we read about them all the time. Where do you see that you're going to be heading to? What are you preparing for? For sure, we are preparing for growth in usage of AI tools, (laughs) as there there are some low hanging fruits there, some problems that can be solved with just, uh, integrating with ChatGPT, which is uh, still by far the best uh, 
language model available uh, out there, both accuracy, uh, speed, but also cost. So uh, there is a lot of applications that can go that way. And uh, for that, we are uh, organizing a hackathon in uh, September in Tallinn. It's a real uh, live event, people coming together, which uh, hasn't happened that much in the last few years, right? Yeah. And uh, now, it, now it's coming back. So we are happy to be uh, involved. On the other side, I think blockchain use cases uh, are going to grow. We're going to start seeing more and more actual real world benefits, which will uh, then fuel people's imagination even further of uh, what can be built and what can be achieved. And today, uh, a lot of like effort in uh, blockchain development and blockchain applications is on the infrastructure side to build the tools for coding and to build platforms to gather and manipulate information, but also the base layers themselves that we have a lot of uh, layer one and scaling solutions and layer twos to attract developers, but less so. And uh, that is the reality, actually, that applications that everyday people use to change the life for the better, the scale is not yet there. But as was with AI, we just had one very large success case with the uh, ChatGPT. I think there is a pretty big likelihood that the same thing will happen with blockchain. And uh, we will start also seeing overlap in those two domains. I've been thinking about that uh, like uh, quite a bit, like where can blockchain support AI and where AI can support blockchain. And for sure, one problem that we have with generative AI is the authenticity of content out there. Like, is this video that we're recording right now, are Maria and Robert really people? Or did we just uh, give our digital avatars and we told them to have a chat for our so that's something that uh, blockchain could be used for to us like as uh, people we would we would sign those pieces of content somehow that prove that we were the actual people behind this uh, chat and uh, for sure there is vice versa options as well so i'm super excited for the next uh, few years much more so excited than scared Okay. It's interesting what you mentioned because it's something I've been thinking about, but more on the uh, ownership side, because for sure they're linked, right? Linked. I mean, you can combine them together and do lots of things. And um, when you talk about data, no matter what uh, that data it is, who owns what if there's a gray area? And how would you put this on the blockchain? Yeah, well... In the social yeah, media yeah. platforms that we are using uh, today, they, they own the data. So if you put it out there, they can do whatever they want with, the, with it. If you're talking about web-free social, then the user owns the data. And they can also monetize it the way they do, the way they, they see fit. So uh, people might be paying you for, the, for your tweet in the future. Uh, if they put a like, maybe you get a micropayment. Maybe that's where Elon is heading to. But... <laughs> He's probably somewhere in the middle. <laughs> okay. And uh, at times, it seems like he is not sure himself either. So the, the question here, um, um, let's assume this podcast, right? Got Talks. Uh, we're hosting it on different platforms, uh, obviously. And it's you and I having this uh, conversation. Who owns what? I clearly don't have a contract with every guest who comes, right? Because we're having a conversation. But it's not about who owns what. We have the platform. We have yourself and I. And this goes on. Now, you know, usually when you come on a podcast, it's just to have a, you know, conversation, whatever. And 
But if we think in this respect, if you're generating data from uh, talking, any kind of content, or from uh, measuring something with uh, other tools or, or hardware, or it doesn't matter, what is the, the balance like if everything is on the blockchain and something will be done with it? What would happen? I, I don't know if my question is clear. It's just thinking out loud. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I get it. I, I, to me, whoever produces it should be the owner of it. And uh, I mean, the production process might be very complex and tricky. If we were uh, building out the movie, for example, we would have uh, actors, we would have uh, voiceovers, we would have technicians, we would have uh, special effects, uh, audio producers, directors, you, you name yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a whole group of people involved. And we would also have investors uh, mm -hmm. to fund the movie. So uh, I would think that everybody owns this yeah and uh, it, like it's a fractional ownership so when this kind of uh, streaming uh, platform user actually gives a peek and watches the whole thing then they will also pay uh, like a fractional payment for it and that will be divided by all of the owners and all of the owners of that movie who created it maybe the sound guy uh, needs some funds and he sells his uh, or her shares in the open market and everybody else can see what was the going price so they can decide accordingly, do I want to buy or do I want to sell my shares? And that kind of open economy is uh, one of the futures of blockchain uh, supported internet infrastructure that I see. Uh, we actually came to a really good example and thank you for taking us there uh, that uh, all, all content in the world, uh, I think, uh, will benefit from this kind of process where everything is transparent. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, problems that come from uh, the data and the movement of funds being somewhere hidden. A lot of people with power grab a larger share than they should, and uh, they make everybody else dependent on that. Whilst the creators, some of whom might be super talented, have a smaller chance to get out there. But now uh, we have already now the infrastructure in place. Now we need those applications. And those applications need to tackle uh, the movie making, the music industry, the broadcasting, but uh, everything from there, uh, including uh, producing of software will be affected where maybe in the future we are not companies, we are, we are DAOs. So everybody's contributing their uh, small bit for both the private sector and the government projects. And everybody's contribution can be tracked back to blockchain activities. Uh, so we will have a lot of new challenges, but that's the future I do support for sure. Yeah, we will. And you will keep building. And uh, th that's I like how you, you put it together because it's something I've been um, thinking about a lot. And, you know, for the example you, you gave, if someone sells one NFT, will get royalty for life, you know, things like that. It's This is where the whole beauty and magic of Web3, where things can come together. And... Uh, and it's true, like that's that's the beef. You know, you're posting on LinkedIn, I'm posting on LinkedIn, but whoever benefits is only LinkedIn, right? This is just one example. But also on ChatGPT, everyone's feeding so much data. Um, are you? By the way, that's the last thing I want to ask you. As like that's the question I like to ask uh, software developers, and I get I asked Yano for example, and Yano's answer was no because his code is cleaner. Do you use ChatGPT? I know you're not coding, but your team, or are you pushing them to use ChatGPT for code? Uh, when I do code, I use ChatGPT and uh, a lot of people in my team as well. I for sure encourage uh, 
uh, there is a lot of uh, places where you can use ChatGPT or other AI-based tools. There are more specific uh, code-related uh, uh, tools out there that uh, integrate directly with the development environment that the developers use to produce code. And uh, one of them is just generating test data, for example. So you you are you have, you have built a, like an application that has a certain feature set that takes in maybe a group of podcasts with their uh, attributes. So you, your one option is to just go out there and look for different podcasts and uh, type out the data structure to to test it out. But you can just tell the chat GPT that this is my uh, format. Give me hundreds. Give me a thousand different uh, options with different data, and then send it back in. And you can generate the test cases as well that use this uh, bogus data because you don't really you don't really care exactly what is in the data sometimes so you just need to see if the code runs uh, with uh, different amounts of uh, data going through it yeah i, I asked for, about chat gpt because you you said you think it's the best so far uh, but yeah there are every day we have new let's see which ones will survive i think that's, uh, that's well many of them are actually built on top of chat gpt like most of them are built on top of chat gpt these days that are any good so even the coding ones uh, their their backend is uh, is still chat gpt so your question was uh, fully relevant okay cool uh, robert is there anything else we didn't talk about that you would like to talk about uh, i think we covered a lot of ai a lot of product development uh, which was uh, slightly unexpected for me that, that that we took that route, but I'm uh, I'm glad because this is a uh, close to heart, and I'm no I know I can be very political in my answers sometimes, but I really like how we ended it with a really concrete use case uh, for the blockchain. Cool, awesome! Thank you so much. Thank you, Maria. It starts with the gut. It ends with the gut. It's in your gut. Gut talks. This is the end of this season of season three of Gut Talks, where we had numerous guests. Stay tuned for season four. We will be back after a short break. So make sure you subscribe to stay in the loop. And thanks again for listening. Gut Talks.